the rail. Hip hop, hip hop. Peace. This is Sharon Shabazz, and you're listening to the RealHipHop.com podcast. On this episode, I talked to DJ JF. JF recently released a six-track EP called Believe It or Not. JF oversaw and provided the cuts on Believe It or Not, while the production was handled by Jay DePina. Believe It or Not features appearances by Torre, Wordsworth, Planet Asia, Pearl Gates, Rob Swift, Total Eclipse, and Master Ace. In this episode, JF talks about the evolution of DJing, working with producer Jay DePina, and his new EP, Believe It or Not. Why'd you title the new EP, Believe It or Not? Um... That's a good, that's an interesting first question. Usually you went right at it. Um, I, I, for three reasons. The first reason was I wanted to name it after something I was cutting. Um, if that makes sense. Um, I actually cut the words, believe it or not. No one actually says it in the, in the, uh, on the EP. It's me scratching the words. That was the first thing. The second thing was, um, I thought it was a nice second track. After the intro with Robin and Total Eclipse, I, I thought it was a good second track, and and Words murdered it, and that Words is my man anyway. So, and the third reason really was, believe it or not, a, you know, a fifteen year old dude put this out and is banging. <laughs> so I was like, you know, believe it or not, man, you know, here it is, and it's it's throwback, it's a it's a classic, and believe it or not, I did it. Hold on, fifteen years old. 51. Oh, man, you shit. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, my son's 15. I'm 51. I thought you said. Boy, if I'm 15, there's 15 rough ones looking like this, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Jeez. But yeah, that, those were the three reasons that that I really did it. Um, I mean, there are a couple of things I was going to go with, but that, that just seemed natural after listening to it. I, I don't think you can name a record until you listen to it, if that makes sense. So what was the process like recording with Jay DePina on all the tracks? Um, it, well, I, I didn't know Jay DePina before this. Um, what happened was I, I went to Ace. Ace and I are pretty tight. I went to Ace. I said, look, I'm not doing battles. I'm kind of bored. I want, I want to do a record. Um, I'd made records with Ace before in the past. And, and he was like, well, who do you want to use for a beat? So he sent me some people, I sent him some people, and we weren't really vibing with any of the beats. And he came across Jay DePina on Instagram, making beats in his basement like he does all day long, seven, seven beats a day. Dude's an animal. <laughs> and and he end, I ended up getting a Jay DePina, and he picked the beat that he did the song Still Friends to from one of his live, one of his live sessions on, on Instagram. So... Um, I said, Hey, why don't you send me some beats? So he sent me a folder of beats and I sent them out to everybody on the project. Um, I sent three or four folders worth of beats from other producers. You know, I don't want to say the other producers, it's kind of, but, but everybody picked Jay DePina beats. 
which is kind of crazy in and of itself. Everybody was feeling a beat in there. And so they all picked a beat. And um, he's great to work with, man. He really is just a professional dude, man. I'm like, yo, I need this from you. Boom. It was right there. Everybody I worked with was mad professional on the whole project. But Jay, Jay Dupino, I'm, we're doing, I'm doing two more projects with him. Um, well, another three more songs with him, actually. Three singles with him. I have a Wordsworth album that's coming out, Words and I. And, um, and we have some Dupino beats on there, too. So we're looking forward to uh, doing some more together. The single Back to Basics features some uh, fellow turntablists, Rob Swift and Total Eclipse. Yes. Why did you decide not to feature an MC on that joint and just let those guys kill it? scratch records being a dj and coming from where i went all the way back to oc and crazy eddie or the masters of the scratch you know i'm showing my age but but all the way back to that you know with um and then and then and then and then and then and i was i've always been a adventures of grandmaster flash on the wheels of steel um and i thought that that there's no two better guys to get to do it for sure and you know i i have a really strong relationship with rob and i've developed a friendship with e who happens to live in um Australia, which made which made it pretty interesting doing that track. We'd have never been able to do it, you know, back in the old days. I would have had to send him a two inch reel. You know, how would we have done that? But but um I, I and I started the record with that for a reason. I wanted it to set the tone like, yo, this is real hip hop. At first I was kind of scared that people thought it was only gonna be a scratch record. You know, but then when you see the names and the features, every you know, everyone knows Master Ace isn't scratching and Asia ain't scratching. So <laughs> right. so so I started it with that. Um 
it's funny because the working title of that until we got the hook was my funeral because those dudes murdered me absolutely murdered me on my own shit what, what did what did what did um jet what did what did uh nas tell uh hove he Eminem said Eminem murdered. murdered you on your own shit i got murdered on my own shit but, but that's what your boys are supposed to do they're supposed to bring you know the, the, their a game and they did but yeah that that was a um scratch records to me I, I i set out to make a classic scratch record and i think we did actually you know at, at the risk and because no part of me by the way because of their verses and the hook that we came up with and everything i, I thought it came out really good yeah i did um, another single from the project is Stages of Asia with Planet Asia. Yes. How, how did that collab come together? Yeah, this for all the DJs right here, man. Get busy. Get busy with yeah, this bro, one right yeah. here, man. Yeah. Nobody can It's good. Nobody can get down. You said spot. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets hurt. Round table planners and fish. Fresh silent, silent henchman. Tuxedo killers holding blicks. Known for taking shit. Fucking Yankee, we Jamaican lit. Dance all queens, diamond nugget rings. Taking flicks, chisel to the core while rehearsing these bangers. On the cell, corresponding with my personal trainer. It's all big league, dealing with the dawn. And I'ma get millions, niggas can be all in their feelings if they want. The globe will continue to spin. My strenuous pen is heavy. Cause thoughts come with plenty of sin. Post traumatic, straight out the mud. What it is. Is what it was Back rubs daily in my bathtub The numbers I'm doing can start a math club Clowns get clapped up whenever they act up Facts, bruh, man, of my stature forever backed up My deaf angels and crooks from all walks of life and fashion Gladiator school, high glass jaws The doom squads in the room, God Stash your sound frequencies from the lab It's known to cause seizures Stages of Asia Um, I've known Asia for more than 20 years Um, Asia and I did uh, a lot of stuff together. Uh, I used to have a label called Mona Hip Hop. And Asia, Asia, and me and 427, aka Walt Liquor, go way back. Um, I was the first person to fly to Asia to New York. He had never been to New York before, so I brought him here. And the first record we did was Don't Let Up with Talib Kweli and, um, and Asia. And that, that was a banger. Um, then he did Head Honchos with Punchline. Um, we'll get into punch of words too, I'm sure. And, um, then we did the last stand EP together. So this is like the fourth or fifth time I've worked with Asia. Um, whenever I'm in town and Asia's in town and we're like both, like I was in business in Atlanta, um, a couple years ago and he had a show that night. I, I went to the show, hung out all night with him. You know, I had to be at the airport the next morning. It was, uh, I regretted it that, you know, having 15 minutes sleep but it was always good to see my man so so whenever we link up it's dope and now that you mention it i have an album coming with asia too it's going to be so i'm doing a jf and wordsworth excuse me wordsworth and jf project and in november i'm going to have a uh, planet asia and jf project which is um it's in november because this guy's got records coming out every month until november but we have three songs totally finished so we have we have another you know four or five to do and then that's going to be a um that's going to be another one for us but I love working with Asia. I love listening to Asia. I'm a huge fan. Like literally, you know, I'm a fan of everyone that's on this record more more than you know a collaborator, co collaborator, or whatever. I really enjoy listening to everybody on this album, either cut or rap. Okay. Now you mentioned Master Ace earlier. He rhymes on a song called "Still Friends," and yes, you guys are friends outside of music. Yes. Um, what's your relationship like with Ace? 
Friendship is the only choice in life you can make that's yours! You can't choose your family! Friendship is all we have! Top of the hemisphere Me and you, we go back like a dentist chair Took a whole lot to get us here Some can relate, but none of them was with us there Must have ran 30 blocks in them dirty cops They was pursuing us, hoping they could ruin us And true enough, we boys, yeah, we really boys Despite the chatter, all the talk, all the silly noise We don't move like our women move We set the example and try to help them improve We laid it all on the table That's how we kept us so stable Now we're able I mean we're ready and we're willing Friendship is more than just a feeling It's more than just a vibe It's more like a connection to your tribe Like when you catch your alley off the lob I'm trying to do my job As your friend, your compadre I'm big boy to your Andre Only difference is We gon' hold it together Even when we older than ever Still friends Um, our family's vacation together. His wife and my wife get along really well. Our kids are the same age. His daughter's the same age as my son. Um, and me and Ace, I've known Ace since we did conflict together. Another 20 year friend. Um, I actually used to handle his bookings for him a little bit on the side. I would handle his bookings for him. And so Ace and I have had, have done a lot of stuff too. Um, but yeah, I, I do Lachey show with his wife, Shay, um, who from Fulton street fame. So, so we, I see him every Sunday and we do that together. And, and Ace and I are friends, like we're real live friends. A funny story about that song. When he sent it to me, I called him up. I said, you know, I don't know if this fits, man. Do you want another crack at this? Do you want to pick another beat or whatever? I, I don't think it fits on the record. I don't know what I'm going to cut, bro. He was like, what do you mean? I said, you know, every, every song about friendship and hip hop that I'm going to find a cut is like friends who are, you know, dying for each other or selling drugs together or just, you know, on some thug shit. I said, I, I, I don't know if that fits this song. He said, listen, stop being lazy and think outside the box. So that was like, I don't know, man. And then it realized, then it hit me as I was at a red light. I remember the red light I was at that I'm arguing with about making a good song with Master Ace. I said, maybe I should be quiet and take his advice. <laughs> That man is classic. <laughs> I wonder who am I? Who am I to say some dumb shit like that? So, so I ended up, um, I ended up looking for movie lines. Everything that I cut in there is from a movie or a TV show. Ah, and it came out. Uh, you got um a, a movie called To Kill the Sunrise. Um, I got I got Omar or not Omar, uh, Stringer and Avon from The Wire. I got I got Nino and Scotty from uh from New Jack City. So everything in there was from a movie. So I did think out of the box. I think that came out really, really well. Afterwards, he was like, I told you. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. I should never argue. Who was I? I'm a fucking arguing with Mass Davis about making this song. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty stupid. If you think about it, that's crazy, right? It's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You know, when you we, we were friends with somebody like that, you know, you don't really think of it like that. You think like, oh, you know, it's like, 
like if he asked for advice, you know, what should I do here? What should I do there? It's like, you know, just get your boy, you know, you're not really thinking like, yo, yeah, you know, I want to argue about songs with this guy right now. It's not like arguing over a football game. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you have that relationship with him. So it's like, right. Right. right 30 right. years of music. Right. He has his, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like that's got nothing to do with it. This is the guy, you know, who who asked, you know, who, who argues with me about, you know, you know, who was that? Was he safe or out? You know, was he in <laughs> was he inbounds or out of bounds? You know, you yeah. can't really have that same argument when it comes to music with that dude. Right. You mentioned punching words. Um, I wanted to ask you: Were you the tour DJ for them for Lyricist Lounge tour? Um, I did some of those dates. Okay. I did the New York dates. I did some of those dates, but the Lyricist Lounge tour that they did in the States, I didn't do them all. No, I did some of them. All of the international tour dates we that they've ever done, I did with them. Okay. So, so all the international ones I've ever done, I put out their EP, um, the, the, the punchline of Wordsworth EP on Mona Hip Hop, which is my old label. Um, I put that out with them and, um, just really, we all just really grew together. It, 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 Gowdy did all the beats on that. Shout out to Kurt Gowdy, and and we really just thugged it out, man. Together, it was it was it was fun. Um, their stage show was incredible. Uh, being a white guy, you know, I have a different music background, you know, than somebody who might have grown up, you know, not white. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, I was a huge jam band fan, The Grateful Dead, and things of that nature, and their improvisational. Spirit is the same thing as the the jam bands, if that makes any sense to you. DJing is actually, people don't really draw that correlation, but, but the jam band weaves in and out of songs. And, and, and I tried to take every Grateful Dead show is different. Like the, people used to collect the tapes because no matter how they played it, it was always different. And Punch and Words show was different every night because of the freestyle aspect of it. So to me, that was real intriguing, man. Like, the, yo, I used to run out of records. Some nights these guys would rhyme so long. I had to start budgeting records. We did a show at Roseland. You know, Roseland was, that was amazing. That's a, it was literally a city block long. Uh, Most was there. Kwali was there. Smith & Wesson was there. Everybody, for, you know, the real backpack community was there in New York. And I didn't have enough records. I didn't know we were even going to go on. And it was like, I had to back my way out. Like, I, I think I ended up with like, it was like So Ghetto, Still Dre, um, I don't even remember what the other one was, but I had to play him backwards back out. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was so ghetto, still Dre, the other record. And then back to, then back to so Dre, then back to still ghetto. Cause I ain't have enough records for these dudes to rhyme that long. I was like, I changed the beat too fast, but it was always fun because like I, I, I could tell when they were going to go from one to the other, you know, freestyling when they would pass and I would try and change the beat when the next rapper came on. It, it was fun. Man. It was a lot of fun. DJing for them was a challenge, man. DJing for Ace is a challenge. I just DJed with him right before the pandemic because I used to fill in for him too. Like if AV, DJ AV, shout out to AV. If, if AV couldn't do a gig, I would fill in for AV. And if I couldn't do a gig, AV would fill in for me with Punch of Words. So, you know, we would always go back and forth. But DJing for Ace, that was a tough show, especially on vinyl. Serato was nothing, but on vinyl, that was a tough show. Why was it tough? He's always changing. Okay. He changed his show up a lot too. It wasn't like it was the same show every night. So there were no dead spots. Your vinyl has to be perfect. I mean, it was as pressure packed as a DMC, to be honest with you. I've done both and I'd rather do a DMC than DJ for Ace with vinyl. Wow. And that's a lot of stress doing a DMC, brother. <laughs> that's a lot of stress doing a DMC. I would rather, I would rather do a DMC than DJ for Ace with vinyl. 
<laughs> wow. Well, you mentioned Serato. How has Serato uh-huh. changed the game for uh, hip hop live shows? Um. Well, there's no more. There's no more carrying the crates, mm-hmm. which is great. You don't have to worry about not having that instrumental. That almost doesn't even exist. Because if you have four bars of an MP3, you have an instrumental. You can make it work. You know, so so that I think it made it much easier. However, um, it, it goes both ways because back in the old back in the old days, a lot of old school dudes, man, they weren't sharing their records. They weren't telling you what they were. Whoever had the best records and the best sound system was the best DJ. That was whack to me. That was always whack to me. It's like, yo, whoever can go back and forth on this and flip it the dopest is the best to me. Not because you have the 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 unpressed version of the white label of this, you know, or your speakers knocked down the wall. Um, I think I think Serato leveled the playing field for a lot of dudes who are only getting exclusive stuff. There's no such thing as exclusive anymore. Once an MP3 is open, it's the floodgates are open, bro. Mm. So I think that kind of made it that made it that leveled the playing field a little bit. And it's much easier. Um, uh, if an acapella doesn't exist, especially from a production standpoint, you know, if an acapella doesn't exist, I literally will ask someone I know who did the record to make me an acapella. And now it's an MP3. It's like, yo, could you say that part of that rhyme you did in 1994? <laughs> and, you know, they'll send it to you. And it's just a different, it's a whole different game when it comes to production too. Um, I, I embrace the technology. I'm not one of those get off my lawn guys, man. I'm really not, even though I couldn't get this to work. I, I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those get off my lawn guys, man. I really, I really embrace it. I like being able to, to even with like out of the production part of this whole EP. Um, e is in Australia, Asia's in California, um, words is in Florida, but it, it went off without a hitch. It was easier than going to the studio. I got the beat from the Pina's in Rhode Island. I got the beat from Jay DePina. He'd send he'd send me the beat. I'd send it to the rappers. They'd send it back. I'd put the cuts. We'd we'd all listen to it together. Do you like this? Do you like that? No, I'll change this. I'll change that. And it's done. I send it to get mixed. I didn't have to go to the studio one time for an EP, bro. Wow. Not one time did I go in the studio. I did it all in the house. That's incredible. Incredible. I embrace that. Because you know, you used to go to the studio and then it's like I mean, I loved going to the studio. I had some great studio stories. But but you're just like, hey, you know, this is so much easier. And this really, the pandemic was perfect for this. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, why do you think hip hop or mainstream hip hop moved away from DJs cutting on the hooks? Like outside of Premiere, you don't really hear it anymore. Um, mainstream hip hop. I don't know if mainstream hip hop ever did it. We, our idea of mainstream hip hop did it, right. um, but but I, I mean you know Pete was doing it and, and and Prem was doing it and you know a couple people would, would find ways to do it but mainstream hip hop I mean you're really looking at since how long Jay Z's been mainstream but if you go back thirty years and not hear it a mainstream hip hop but mainstream hip hop isn't built for us man like just like just like just like when we were young I mean you look younger than me of course everyone looks younger than me <laughs> but but but. But when we were young, rap music was noise. You know what right. I mean? It, 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 young, it, when when developing rap music is not for 51-year-old dudes like me. It's just not. But we have the foundation. We have the flash. We have the Grandmaster, you know, the Grandmaster Kaz. We had we have that foundation um, to take us into Rock Him and to take us into the others. And and 
these dudes now, they're making their music. There's a lot of kids right now. If you ask them who the greatest rapper is of all time, they'll say Lil Wayne. Oh, easily. Because Lil Wayne is their best rapper, and you can't argue with them. You can't argue with them because I would say Rakim and someone else would say Melly Mel. Like, like Kane is not even going to say him. If you ask Kane who the best rapper is, he's going to tell you Grandmaster Cass. Because that's just, it, it just, you can't argue with a Hope fan, Rakim is better. You know, it's for, hip hop really is for the young people. And that goes back to, and, and no one, no one appreciated the cuts and the scratches anymore, which is a shame. And, and that really got lost there to answer your question in a roundabout way. But, but yeah, that really got lost there. And, and that's too bad because, um, to me, the real soul of hip hop is break dancing and, and, and DJing. And a cl- very close third, a very close third is graffiti. The fourth thing is rapping. To me, the the fourth thing, and I don't, and I, and, and and I mean that with all due respect to every rapper I know and love, and don't even don't even love. The fourth thing was rapping because the break dancing, the break dancing, and the break beats with someone tagging something up in the back. You don't need a rapper for that, to entertain you, man. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, it was a corporate America that took the uh, rapping part. Because it was the mo- it was the easily digestible part. Well, at first they went after breakdancing, right? right. <laughs> like at first it was right. like this thing. And then they said, okay, well, we can make money off these records. You know why that is, bro? Why? You know why that is? Anybody can rap. That's true. Not everybody can DJ. Not everybody can graffiti. And not everybody can breakdance. Anybody can rap. And again, I'm not trying to sell my rap brother short, but anybody can rap. That's the easily, you can identify with that. You can't identify with someone doing a windmill with no hands. <laughs> what, what the hell is that? You can't identify, you can't identify to, to, to the executioners having eight turntables and making a song. You can't even relate to it. It's so far beyond your, you know, what, what, the, what I can do. But you can relate to somebody sitting there saying hip hop, a hip to the hip to hip hip hop. And that was, that was the attraction. I think it just... You know, it, the world's getting simpler and people like simple things. And I, I think hip hop, um, hip hop today is certainly much simpler than it was. My son left the room, so he won't hit me in the head with something. Like <laughs> if I said that, he'd argue with me. You know, Travis Scott's the greatest all time to him, you know. So. Wow. He loves him. He loves Travis Scott. I, I mean, he, he we, we have arguments over Rock Kim and Travis Scott, and it's pretty funny. That's, uh, that's, that's blasphemous. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell him every day. Bro. I, I tell the kid every day. But but um, he he releases records too. His name's Immortal Zach, and um, he's fifteen. Like he's been releasing records since he was thirteen. And he did a dope joint over. It's called he called it Full Clip, and he did a dope joint over the uh, Preem beat. Okay, that's Full Clip. So so that that was dope. Wow. I need to let Preem listen to that actually, because I think he'd be like, oh shit. You mentioned earlier uh, working in the studio. Mm-hmm. You have a project coming of unreleased music recorded at D and D. Yes, what can the D and D years? D and D years. So, what can people expect to hear on that project? And what year? What time frame were these songs recorded? They were recorded between two thousand and two thousand and one. Okay. Um, some of the stuff has seen the light of day. Some of the stuff has not. There's a song that 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 features Kwali and, and Black Thought with Jane Doe from uh. Black Star, that's ridiculous. Um, there's a Smith & Wesson song with Jane Doe. There's the Asia song with Jane Doe. I did a lot with Jane Doe back then from uh, Twice in a Lifetime, um, Black Star, Jane Doe. She did a lot of stuff. She was dope. 
I did a lot of stuff with Jane. I never even really put out with 88 keys on the production. And, and, and that was, um, that was a lot of fun. There, there's just a D and D was our clubhouse, man. It, it really was a dope place. You know, I, I told somebody, you know, they always say, don't you, you never want to meet your heroes. But if you met them in the, in the, in the framework of D and D, knowing that you were in the D and D thing, it was everybody was family there, man. I mean, we had dice games some nights where it was like me, Bumpy, Fr- Freddie Fox, Lays from MOP, Afu Ra, Panchi from MYGs, and Preem and Eddie Sancho, and all of us standing around a dice table playing dice. You know, and 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 I, I always won the most, but <laughs> but the um. <laughs> One night I killed them all, man. But but it wasn't even, you know, it was really just about building a brotherhood. It was, um, that was a fun place. I miss D&D and I miss, I miss the experience of the studio. But um, things change, man, like I said, you know, and, and I think to some extent Pro Tools did a lot to ruin hip hop. Like I like the way it makes me able to do things, but but it really was the enemy because Back in the old days, you had to convince either the neighborhood drug dealer or somebody with money that you were good enough to take you to the studio. You know, like, like, yo, I'm dope. You should take me to the studio. We should make a record. And somebody would invest their money into taking you to the studio. They'd buy that $200 two-inch reel. They would sit, get you an engineer. They'd spend $85, $100 an hour. But now you just go in your basement, you know, when you get Fruit Loops and, and, and you're good, you know? And it's like, it, I think that did a lot to hurt hip hop because you always it got away from the battle point because because uh, uh, uh and i don't want to say drug dealer let's say financier a financier is not taking you to the studio if a dude down the street from you just bodied you in a battle he's not this is my guy you need to be the best guy so really the good dudes were going to the studio you know in in battle mindset to me versus is not a battle Let's just let's just stop that now. A battle mindset is, yo, I'm better than you at rapping, breakdancing, even graffiti. (laughs) I mean, I'm better than you. And and they got away from that, you know, and and I don't like anything more than a 16 bar. I'm better than you verse. It's one of my favorite things to listen to. Same here. I agree. Which is what which is what really, really attracted me to um, punching words. And even Jane, even Jane Doe was, yo, she was in your face with it. Asia, in your face with it. I'm just a big battle guy, man. I am too. And I get, um, this is the old man, get off my lawn a moment for me. I get annoyed when people talk about um, rapping. What's the term they use? Rapping about rap. Right. Um, and I'm like... That's what this was founded on. That's like that's what it was founded on. Yes, you, who, and, and brag rap. Yeah, not not necessarily. You know, I got I'm buying the block because I because I'm married to Beyonce and this and that. That that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm a whole fan, by the way. There aren't many whole verses I don't like. I'm a whole fan, but enough already. We know you're married to Beyonce already. We, we know that you're rich. We get it. But when he used to really come out at you, you know, and, and driving some of the best cars New York has ever seen, you know, like that's that braggadocio stuff that goes back to Spoonie G and them, man. And, and that's really that's that's hip hop, man. Without you know, what? but on the, on the flip side, I heard Asia do a live the other day mm-hmm. and he said some really profound shit. He said, you know, I have a lot of white fans because I don't only talk about what I have. I talk about real substantive shit. You know, it's like white guys grew up with that. You know, they're not they're not impressed by hearing I have this and I have that. They all had that. Right. But I, I appeal to their mind. And that's crazy to me. If you really think about that, that is some crazy shit. No, it makes sense. And it's why Yeah, perfect sense. It's why 
um, black black Americans mostly come from poverty, so right. we we kind of um, look up to that type of understood. It's, right, it's like right, it's right. aspirational. It's like he did it. He came. Yes. He came from where we came from, and look at him now. But right. if you come from a little bit of money, who cares? And and that doesn't really last because as you get older, like if 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 Ace was still talking about the cars he had, we're fifty years old now. Everybody's got a car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't keep talking about sitting on Chrome. You go get rims all you want. You know, and he's had his albums get better and better. And I'm not saying that because you know that's my man. I, his albums get better and better because his subject matter has grown with him. Word. You see what I'm saying? It's going to be interesting to see how Travis Scott's uh, 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 and, the, and some of these dudes, even Drake, how, how their subject matter is going to grow with that because you can't be in the club forever. Can't be rapping out the club at 40. No, you can't. Okay. Who is the Believe It or Not EP made for? It's made for people who miss people scratching on hooks. People who miss <laughs> pe- people who miss real boom bap, a great rapper, a good, a, a really great producer, and an old white guy scratching our records. That's that's who it's for. Man. That's who it's for. Hip hop lovers. Dope. All right, JF. Thank you for joining the RealHipHop.com podcast. You got it. My pleasure. And I thanks for having me, man. Peace. Peace. The real hip hop MCing and DJing from your own mind. You know. I just right now we should start the show. Yeah.